Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Praise God. Let's pray. Let's get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Can you say good amen? Amen. Alright, I want to start from this uh, perspective today. The seven dimensions of wealth, I want to go over them again. Just go through them in your note and it's very important. The first dimension of wealth is wisdom. The first dimension of wealth is wisdom. The first dimension of wealth is wisdom. The second dimension of wealth is vision. So what God will give you is wisdom, or God will give you vision. The third is knowledge and skills. Knowledge and skills. You already have that in your notes. Just go through them. The fourth is a good name. A good name is wealth. And let me tell you this. Please, please, please pay very close attention. You must work on having a good name. You must work on having a good name. And if you have a good name, don't bring it into disrepute. It's a form of wealth. Number five is relationships. And we talked about God-ordained relationships. And I said something today about the power of relationships. You see, the truth of the matter is that we are gradually living in a society where we underestimate relationships because we change friends all the time. We mix with all kinds of people all the time. We live. But relationships is wealth. Relationship is wealth. God will align let me tell you how powerful relationship is. Let me just say this very quickly. Let me tell you how powerful relationship is. When the children of Israel were going from Egypt to Canaan, the Bible referred to some people as the mixed multitude. Now, the mixed multitude were not Israelites by birth. Who made up the mixed multitude? Remember, and I've told you this when the scripture says, when I see the blood, I shall pass over. You know, people use that to pray against the devil. But if you study that in context, it was the Lord talking about judgment coming to Israel. And says, put the Passover blood on the lintel of your door. That when I see the blood, I will pass over. Which means that when the angel of death visited Egypt, he was not going to kill the firstborn of the children of Israel, but the firstborn of the, of the children of Egypt. But you know what? Some Egyptians joined and entered into the house of the Israelites. They were preserved. That's the power of relationship. They were preserved. That's it. You see, if you have Jonah in your boat, you will throw things out of the, out of the ship. Relationships influence you. The challenge is that when we become adults, we don't pay attention because we feel we are wise. So, when you are young, your parents talk to you, be careful of relationships, be careful. But immediately you start becoming an adult, you just feel, I know what I'm doing. And some people, you know, get into relationships they shouldn't get into. Number six, real assets. And I talked about the power of land. And I said God always gave his people land. Land is important. You must try as much as you can. The Lord helping you to own a piece of land. It's, it's a blessing. Even if you read The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clason, he talks about owning a piece of land where your wife can do her own gardening. Alright? So it's important. You know, learn to, to, have, a, to have a piece of land. You know, I, I don't teach some of those things, but... You can get financial experts to teach you, but there are only two lords. Eh? It's Jesus the Lord, and what's the second lord? Landlord. You guys don't know the two lords. There are two lords. Jesus the Lord, 
and landlord. You know as you are here now, if you, are, if, you know if we were renting this place, we would be at the mercy of the landlord. We could just come and say, dollar has gone up. You probably, that's what happened in our former place. The landlady just came and tripled the rent. And thank God, God had already blessed us with this land. So there is a level of wealth you need to have when you have your own property. And, and I want to encourage you, have a vision for your own property very early. Have a vision for your own property very early. And if you're in this church and you're from this city, you must have your own place. And children of the living God, when I say have your own place, I'm not saying your family compound. Because I realized some of my brothers here, they're not moving. They're just in their family house. Family house is not your house. Our own and my own, check the spelling, there is difference. Move from our own to what? To my own. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, move from our house to my house. If someone in your family didn't take the responsibility to build that house, you will be homeless now. You take the responsibility for the next generation. And stop being lazy. Is that, is, that, is that okay? So you marry your wife. Well, let's leave that. So your wife starts cooking for six people. You can do that on your way to prosperity, but don't let that be your resting place. Is that okay? Have a vision. And everyone here, have a vision for your own house. Women inclusive. Okay? Don't wait in your father's house that someone will come and marry you and transfer you from that house to that house. There's nothing wrong in owning your own house as a lady if the Lord prospers you. Is that okay? And I've said in this church, Ladies in this church, marriage is not a poverty alleviation scheme for us. Can I get a good amen from the ladies? Yeah. Praise God. So if you are saying, eh, <laughs> let me just go ahead. So if you understand this as dimension of kingdom prosperity, then you begin to walk with that consciousness as opposed to having a poverty mindset. Okay, so we talked about the blessing and the curse. The curse is Deuteronomy chapter 28. And we said in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we took time to go through that scripture. I gave you an assignment. I don't know how many of you did it. I said go through the scripture, read the blessing and the curses, renew your mind about that. All right. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, we said there were 14 scriptures that talked about the blessing. 13 actually, 12 actually, from verse 2 to verse 13. And then we talked about over 63, uh, 53 curses. Okay, over 53 curses. Now, hold your place here. Just hold here. I'll come back here, but there's an introduction I need to put before I come back here. So keep this somewhere in your mind. There's some thoughts that came to my mind that I want to read to you and they will progress from there. Number one, God is not opposed to prosperity or increase. God is opposed to money having you or being controlled and led by money. Now, to be controlled or to be led by money does not necessarily mean you have money. Even if you don't have money, you can be controlled and led by it, which means that all your decisions are money-driven. Right? Are you here? Okay. Let me give you an example. In those days, when, when, they, when students are going for IT, so maybe I read, I read social studies education, my first degree was in social studies education before my other first degree, but the first one is social studies education. So when we're going for IT, we went to schools. But I've realized today that when kids come for IT, they're not, so somebody read computer science, for instance, 
and then he's going to work at the bakery. And the bakery has no computer. Alright? And you say, why are you going to that bakery? You say, oh, they, he, he saw a computer shop, uh, but they are paying 15000 But he saw a bakery shop where they will make him HRO 2 for 72000 So what happens is that, <laughs> what happens is that he spent one year in 72000 right? He reduces his intelligence in computer science because for the, for the, for the one year he was in that place, he was dealing with flour and kneading bow and calling customers and label on bread. He wasn't doing so much on computer. So he loses a bit of knowledge for one year and comes back. Now, this is what has happened. He's been led by money. He's, he's had money come to him, but he's also lost some intellectual value. See, in this life, you must not make all your decisions by money. Certain things in life is not just about the money. Is that okay? All right. So I said, um, God is not opposed to money. God is opposed to money having you being controlled or led by money. God is the source of all true prosperity. Balance is the key to life. And in all subjects, you must learn balance. Now, when I'm teaching about the school of prosperity, there is the natural things to do about prosperity and is the spiritual things. So don't miss the natural things. There are things as savings, as investments, and all of that. Those are natural things, okay? What I'm teaching you does not remove that natural thing. It doesn't remove skill. It doesn't remove being diligent. And that's why sometimes I don't understand why folks are having church services on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, when people should be at work working, Okay? we've got to create a balance. Or you go for all nights on Monday night and then you're sleeping at work on Tuesday is misplaced priority. Your boss is not paying you to go to all night. Your boss is paying you to deliver. When you get into that place, deliver. All right. Now I said, mind renewal is the key to proving the will of God. We've talked about it before. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. We've got to renew our minds. Why are we having a session such as this? Why are we going through these things again? Is mind renewal. And let me tell you something, and I need to say this very expressly. Because some folks might feel we're just wasting our time, and we're not. We're not. You see, if you don't believe God's word can change your mind so you can think like God, you don't have a business being in church. Being in church is not so that you just think like, I go to church. No, you come so that you can learn the ways of God and think like God and agree with God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to learn to agree with God. And that's why we're studying all these things, so that in every area of our life, we agree with God. Right. So give me Ephesians 4.23. It says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there is a mind renewal that must take place, especially, it says, and that you'll be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there is a renewal that must take place in your mind where certain things are concerned. Amen. Praise God. Alright. Now, let's look at the curses. Let's look at the curses. So, we talked about mental and emotional curses, verse 20. Deuteronomy 28, verse 28. Let me have the NIV version, please. The NIV version. Look at this. It says, The Lord will inflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. So, I've said this and I say it all the time. Don't always be saying, I'm confused. It's a curse. Huh? You want to dress on Sunday. You saw one week. You saw this week. You looked at three weeks. Say, ha, which one will I wear now? I'm confused. No, now, don't be. 
Alright? Those are no words you should say. It's a curse to have confusion of mind. Why? Because the Lord has given you what? A sound mind. So every believer say, I have a sound mind. And I'm not confused. Yeah. Now, if you study, I don't have the time to go through that now because that's not my emphasis. But when he says the Lord will afflict you and you study that in the Greek actually, it talks about the Lord will permit. The Lord will permit. Now, it was very, it's very simple. God gave them, if you do this, you'd walk on in the blessing. If you walk this way, you'll be under the curse. God practicalized it for them so, it was so practical that the, the curses, Moses had to stand on another mountain, right, Mount Perizim, if I'm correct, to proclaim the curses. And then he stood on another mountain to proclaim the blessing. And he, Bible history has it that the mountains where the curses were pro- proclaimed actually is parched and dry. It was to give them, and, and pay very close attention, it's to give them a physical representation that the blessing is different from the curses. And if you walk out from the blessing, the next place you will land yourself is where? Is the curse. And understand that about life. That in life, there is no permanent position. Okay? It's like when you enter an airplane, and I've explained that here in this church before, that an airplane... Um, the basic law in life is the law of gravity, which means that if everything comes, if you, if you come down from a building, if you jump from a building, sorry, you will fall, right? So there's the force of gravity. Are we all good on that? Does everybody agree? Okay, there's the natural law of gravity, right? But then the airplane um, works on two laws. What are those laws again? The law of lift and trust. Those are the two laws, right? right. The law of lift and trust. So it uses the law of lift and trust to overcome the law of gravity. Now, because the airplane is overcoming the law of gravity by the law of lift and trust, right, it does not mean that the law of gravity is not present. Do you understand that? So the law of gravity is present, which means that if the airplane stops operating those laws, what will act on it? What will act on it? Gravity. It's the same thing in life. Okay, that's why you need to constantly speak the word, you need to constantly renew, you need to constantly pray Why you're, you're not relenting on that, okay? How does all of this connect to our prosperity? If we understand how the spirit realm functions, we can walk in a state of constant abundance. It's like in this hall now, it's littered, there's light here. But if we turn off the light any minute from now, what are we going to experience? Darkness, which means darkness is here, but the light is powerful, so the light imposes itself on what? on the darkness. Alright, so that's how the blessing imposes itself on the curse. Then there was the physical curse. Um, Verse 21. Let me have verse 21, please. Verse 21. The Lord will plague you with disease until he has destroyed you from the land you're entering to possess. Verse 22. Lord strike you with wisdom, disease, with fever, inflammation, scorching heat, drought, with blight, mildew, which will plague you until... You perish. Okay? Read some translation. Ezima falls in here. 27. <laughs> well, 27. The Lord will afflict you with boils of the Egypt and with tumors, fostering stores and itch from which you cannot be cured. Alright. Go to verse 59. The Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disaster, and severe and lingering illnesses. So lingering illnesses are part of the curse. 
And that's why I said you should spend time to go and study the curse so that when certain things are happening in your life, you can address them and not stay with them. You shouldn't have a, a disease that is lingering, lingering illnesses, okay? You have to deal with them. Take your authority over them. So, why am I reading all of this? If you don't have any of this going on in your life, how many of you know you are already in prosperity zone? You know, because we always think of prosperity in terms of money. There's some of you throughout this year, you haven't even slept on the hospital bed. You are prosperous. Are you following this now? And that's very important. So what's the next curse? Uh, family curses. Verse 30. Just give us verse 30. Family curses. You'll be pledged to be married to a woman, but another will take her and ravish her. You build a house, but you'll not live in it. You plant a vineyard, but you'll not even begin to enjoy the fruit of it. Untimely death. 32. Verse 32. Your sons and daughters will be given to another nation. You wear out your eyes watching for them day after day, powerless to lift a hand. Alright? Just family in disarray. Okay, that's why when you're blessed uh, with a great family, it's a blessing. You know, and I said, when you marry the right person in life, you are prosperous. If you end up marrying the wrong person, that's between you and God. But you've got to know that getting married to the right person is a blessing. And these are prosperity. These are prosperity things. You know, some of you are married to women that don't disturb you. They are just calm. They manage whatever you have. You don't know how blessed you are. Until you marry a woman who is never satisfied. She's got to have seven colors of the same thing. I've got the purple of it. I don't have the indigo purple. And then you get the indigo purple. You say, well, I don't have the, uh, the burnt brown green of this. And I mean, you don't know. Some of you don't know... <laughs> How blessed you are just to have a, a lady that's simple. Right? I said, right? Okay. So, this is Pastor. My wife is not simple, it's complex. So, <laughs> let's stick with our subject. So, other, 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 other forms of curses is humiliation, mental and physical sickness, family breakdown, poverty, defeat, oppression, failure, and God's disfavor. Said the curses. So let's not mix the curses and the blessing. Never call the curse a blessing. So God is not trying to teach you a lesson by you being poor. God has enough teachers in the world. I'm one of them. The Holy Spirit is there. God is not trying to teach you anything by the curse operating in your life. The Word of God is there. Bible teachers are all over the place that God has raised up. The Holy Spirit is there. If God wants to teach you, He will use the Word. He will use the fivefold ministry. And He will use you know, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It's important because there are many Christians who have let their life, you know, just go haywire because they feel like God is using this circumstance to teach me something. No, God wants you to learn by His Word, by His teachers, and by the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Okay, so let's now get into, that's the foundation I laid last week and into this week. So let's get into the abundant nature of God. And I just want to explain something about God, the abundant nature of God. So, if you go to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 11, can we have that please? Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 11. That's why you realize that, uh, let me say something about marriage. That's why you realize that God warned the children of Israel not to marry from other tribes. It wasn't because God hated other tribes, but because they were not going to have the value system. And you realize that up even though Solomon was mightily blessed of God, he married, from, he married other women because of political reasons. And the Bible says those women pulled um, his heart from God. 
Okay? Never underestimate the influence of the person you get married to. Okay? Never, never underestimate that, whether as a man or a woman. In fact, in life, never underestimate the influence of any relationship you're in. Any friend you have, you might look like you're the one in charge, but every friend has influence over you. Every friend. So, every relationship has influence. You just need to tell yourself the truth. Every relationship has influence. It shapes the way you think. It shapes a lot of things about your life. And that's why I, I don't think that as an adult, you should have too many friends. I, I don't think so. You, you, it, it's highly unnecessary. All right? You can relate with people, but in your space, you should have few trusted people who have the same values going where you're going. And that's very important. Because I think at this stage in your life, you should stop trying to prove anything to anybody and just live out what God has told you to live. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Deuteronomy 28. Did I say 8? Oh, sorry about that. 28, verse 11. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. I want everybody to say that. Abundant prosperity. Okay, so the Bible says the Lord will grant you abundant prosperity. I want to look at the two words, abundant and prosperity. The word abundant, it means to be left over to remain, to be left behind, to excel, to have more than enough in excess. God wants us to work in abundance of prosperity. Now, somebody say, well, why doesn't everybody have that abundance? Not everybody can manage abundance. They're natural. For instance, God blesses you and you don't know how to save. How do you work in the abundance of prosperity? That's why I said there are natural things you need to apply, but we're looking at the spiritual things, okay? And that's why you see, it's not just about the prophetic proclamation that, oh, God will bless you, I see you becoming a millionaire. If you, if, even if I see you becoming a millionaire and you have the, the habit of a poor man, you will not end up a millionaire because God does not waste his resources. Praise God. God doesn't waste his resources. Okay. Then let's see the word prosperity. The word prosperity there means welfare, benefits, good things, bounty. Okay? So God is abundant in nature. God wants to bless you. I want to just you to renew your mind. God is not the one holding back from you. Think of God as a God. And this is not just a theory to you. Okay? And... You see, even for us as a family, uh, you know, God, God raised us from not having enough to where we are today. God raised us. So I understand the things I'm sharing with you. These are not just theory for me. These are practical <laughs> lessons that we have lived. You know, I was... Um, I was talking with Pastor Mary, we were talking about how we had our wedding. I mean, we really didn't have much. We, we believed God together. And our faith, <laughs> we walked this walk of faith. When we were close to, to our wedding, one of our aunties, a dear auntie of ours, said we should bring our wedding list. You know, I don't know how many of you, if you marry way back then, you write a list and give to some few people. You know that? The woman said we should bring our wedding list. We said no. Why? We were trusting God and we weren't going to show people what, what we needed. We were believing God. We didn't send list to anybody. Both of us prayed over it. And something interesting happened. You know, when you go to wedding in those days, <laughs> they'll give you a lot of plastic gifts. How many of you remember in those days? Plastic this, plastic that. 
Huh? Okay, you are, you are not married, so you don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know I was having a singles class. All right. Yeah? They'll give you plastic this, plastic that. Myself and Pastor Mary agreed we're not going to have any plastic during our wedding. We finished our marriage, went, opened all our gifts. We had to go to the market to buy plastic. Not one. Including our baby bath. We didn't have anything. One of the scriptures that has blessed us so much is Deuteronomy. You will live in goodly houses that you did not furnish. We've stood on that scripture for years and everything in our home has been a blessing. Let me tell you where I started from. I showed the singles this before but I haven't said it in main church. This is my diary. 2009. 2005-06 diary. In 2006, the total tithe I paid was 24,310 naira. That's it. For the whole year. In 2007, the total tithe I paid was 42,310 the whole year. In 2008, I paid 76,970. Then in 2009, I don't know what happened. I paid 68,330. In 2010, my total tithe was 65,639 naira. In 2011, I don't, I'm not going to read all my figures for you. But in 2011, my tithe, the tithe I paid in January was 3,790 naira. The first money I got was 1,500 because I paid a tithe of 150, 100, 1,000, 1,040 naira, 1,200, 300. In February, my tithe was 4,550 naira. I paid a tithe of 450, 150, 600, 100 naira. So I'm telling you that when you see me today, this is where I'm coming from. How did I get to moving from paying tithe of 100 naira? To where I am today. It's what I'm teaching you today. You can have a history of God's faithfulness. If you are not too wise for your own good. You can have a history. You can look back and say, you know what? This is where God took me from. And you know the reason I had to do this today? Because sometimes people look at us today and just feel, you know what? You, are, you don't know what we are going through. <laughs> you don't want to hear our story. Right? And I just, because I feel, I, you know, I sense that in my heart, and this is want to put it in this message. When we had our son, Caris, I remember the only school we could afford, if it rains, Pastor Mary literally had to go through a stream of water for the boy to go to school. And don't forget, I was Gio's son. Right? And we had maybe three, four, five white nap- napkins and Pastor Mary will cut, you know, we had to cut, cut a piece of a cloth, put in the napkin so that when the boy messes up, the napkin will still be white. That's where we came from. We, it, it's not like I walk into a supermarket and I go to a diaper shop. At the time we got married, I don't go to supermarkets. Why? It's not my face. How do you pay tight of a hundred naira? and you are entering a supermarket, there are some places some of you are going to that you should not go to. And that's what is causing ingratitude because you enter the place and you say, hey, why is my life like this? Your life is not supposed to be found there. <laughs> Find a shop where if you go there, you are like a big boy. You will even see someone you can assist with extra naira. You live there with gratitude. That consciousness of gratitude is what brings increase. That consciousness of ingratitude is what will bring decrease. Are you following what I'm saying?
See, prosperity starts for this, from the soul. <laughs> I remember, and I'll talk about this. I remember I went to preach on my friend in Europe. And then he said we should go to one designer shop. So he mentioned the name. So I said, oh, what's the list thing there sold? So he mentioned the, the amount. So I said, oh, no, let's, let's go and see. Let's go and see the river. Let's see God's creation. So he said, oh, you need to... No, 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 no. You don't go to places that will feed your mind that God has not been faithful. You preserve your mind. You see, a day will come, and I'm telling you, a day will come, I can walk into those shops and buy what I want. But wisdom is knowing that day has not come. So when we even talk of exposing your mind to abundance, you, you expose your mind gradually so that you don't fall into ingratitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that's why Instagram has given a lot of you issues. Because it exposes your mind to extreme wealth. And you will never catch up with that lifestyle because there are very few people who live like that and are actually wealthy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So, let's look at the abundant nature of God. Genesis 1.28. Let's just look at the abundant nature of God. Genesis 1.28. Can you give me the scriptures a bit quickly? NASB. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The first word man ever heard in his life was be fruitful. That's the first word man heard. God's abundant thoughts. So let me tell you, fruitfulness is God's way for you. Every child of God should experience increase daily, weekly, monthly. Even as a church, even this church, right? Some of you have attended uh, Pastor's Meet. Even this church, I remember when we started, I had these keyboardists come in and say, ah, man of God, you know, I really want to play for you in this church. Ah, just that I will need a bit of support. So I just said, how much support will you need? He mentioned the, the amount. Well, we operate a very straight up finances in this church. We never use church money for our personal stuff. We've always had. And fortunately and unfortunately for him that day, they just gave me the record of what we had that month. So it, the book was in my hand. So I just opened it for him because everything we have had in the last six months cannot even pay him once. So I said, this is everything that this church has. He said, ah, it is where? I said, it is where? <laughs> There's no way we I pay you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this church didn't just start up like this. One of the challenges we have as Christians is we don't want to grow. We just want that immediately you get born again, the next day God has made you a millionaire, the next day, no, 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 no. It is an ungodly mindset. Does God perform miracles? Yes, He does. But that's not how God prospers His children. If you will set on the right path, the next 10 years, you'll be amazed at where God will take you. And you walk on that path with contentment because poverty originates from that fallen state. Those emotions. And you need to learn to deal with them. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, Genesis 2. 9 to 16. What are we investigating? The abundant nature of God. Genesis 2, 9 to 16. <laughs> it says, Out of the ground the Lord caused 
to grow every tree that is pleasing to the side and good for food, for the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 10, Now a river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is Fishon. It flows around the whole hand, land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. And then those precious stones named there. Verse 13, The name of the second river is Gishon. It flows around the whole land of Cush. 13, The name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria and the fourth river is Euphrates. The, then the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate and to keep it. Look at how God put this man in a land that had good gold. Just abundant. Adam was in abundance. Adam was in abundance. That's how God thinks. Extreme abundance. That's where God put Adam. Alright, we're just investigating the abundant nature of God. So, why, why must you learn to renew your mind where this is concerned? God is not the author of lack. God is not the author of scarcity. Even in the word naturally, God is not the author of lack. Wherever you see lack in a human system, it's man-made. You know, I don't know how many of you did geography, right? Just to do geography in school. Okay. If you study the map of Nigeria, right? You study the map of Nigeria carefully. You realize that Nigeria has close to 30 to 35 precious minerals, right? So, this is Nigeria here, right? So, you have Nigeria somewhere here. Am I right? Yes. So, Nigeria is somewhere here. So, if you, down here, you'd have your oil reserve, right? So, Zamfara will be somewhere here, up around this region. Have your gold, right? Then you have Enugu somewhere here, east. Eh? Have your coal. Go to Jos. You have your columbites, right? And all over. Mineral resources. Africa has the greatest natural resources in all the continents of the world. From Congo to Nigeria to Kenya. You know they export flowers from Kenya. Flowers. They export flowers from Kenya. Like flowers. Some of the roses you watch in film that, ooh, ooh, that make people die. Planted in Kenya. That's how blessed the country is. So why are we suffering? Your brothers and my brothers. It's not, man -ma it's not God made. It's man made. Do you realize how much fish you have been eating since you were a child? You are 40 years now. Let's say, I mean, some of your parents started feeding you fish from when you were six months. You know, some of you had this tough food in your mouth, like, eat a bit and stuff, eat a bit and stuff. Imagine eating fish for 35 years and there's still more fishes in the ocean. Come on, how many of you think God has abundance? Renew your mind about that. Listen to me, child of God, there's no scarcity in this world. Don't think scarcity. I don't care what nation you live in, in that nation, there is abundance. How many of you know there are money lenders in your village? Okay. How many of you think you should know that there are money lenders in your village? If there is no money in that village, what are they lending? Have your people called you from home before and said, try to send something or we borrowed money from a money lender? How... Where did that money lender get money that he... So even in the village, there's enough money to lend to your own people that you are paying. 
the first thing, you see, because if you don't deal with this, whenever you get to any place, your first mind is, what can I collect? Because it's not enough. That is a problem. It will lead you to poverty. Anywhere you go, just tell yourself, there's abundance here. See, if you don't leave this island for the rest of your life, there's enough resources, enough blessing here that can take care of you, your family, and your generation. I'm telling you the truth. You don't need to move an inch. There's enough. You know, I was, I was going to drop uh, my daughter at school this morning, and I saw just that at the Wilbur's Junction there, some women that were just selling food. And you know, some of you that wake up, uh, wake up late, you can't cook your own food. You, are, you guys are always buying food there. You know, and when the woman prays, oh God, let customers come. You are the answer to that prayer. And you see, some people will complain, there's no job. Oh, that's a job. You're just too proud to go and sit there and sell something. And we have to deal with that. You cannot have poverty and pride at the same time. You cannot have poverty and pride at the same time. I am a graduate. You are only a graduate if that graduate education is providing something for you. If it's not providing something for you, drop that certificate and go and find something legal to do. It's the works of your hands that God will bless, not the school you attended. Ah, you know, I went to UNIFE. We are the greatest IFE. Greatest if, if greatest IFE is not feeding you, Laminate that certificate and keep it and look in front of you and say, what can I do? Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not greatest despair, it's not greatest UI, it's not greatest last GD school. Leave all those nicknames. You could do that when you were in school. After that, God will not bless the school you went to. He will bless, come on somebody, the work of your hands. Do you have works? Something has to be shown to God to bless. Are you following this now? But you must work with the mindset that there is abundance on this earth. Listen, there's no scarcity anywhere. There's abundance. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, things are very tough. Not everybody's having that experience. That's the truth. They might feel it in a bit, but not everybody's having that experience. Alright. Abundant nature of God. Romans 8.32 Interesting. Romans 8.32. Can I have that scripture, please? Romans 8.32. He did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with him freely give us all things? Let me explain. The day I understood this scripture, oh boy, it blessed my heart. Let me explain. Let's say on this pulpit right now, right? I'm not sure, but I'll say this is maybe... My iPad would be the most expensive item on this pulpit. Or maybe the microphone. I'm not sure. But let's agree that it's the iPad. Oh? Then, you came to my house. And I gave you the iPad. I said, oh, it's yours. You can have it. Then, you are now struggling with the fact that I would give you this notepad or this handkerchief. How many of you know that's a big mental issue? Because the question you would, if you, if you are now struggling like, please give me this handkerchief, please, I really need it. The question you would ask me is, if I have given you this, what is the handkerchief that I cannot give you? That's what this verse is saying. The very thing that was most precious to God, he has already given it to you. It's not money that's God's issue in your life. If Jesus had been sacrificed on the cross for us, 
That's the most prized possession of God. His only begotten Son. And I want you to think this way. God is not holding things back from you. And that's why you need to start asking yourself critical questions. Why am I not prospering? What is wrong? What do I need to do? And allow the Holy Ghost begin to lead you in that direction. I shared my story with you early days in our marriage. I mean, I used to sow, I used to give, and then I had this vision. And I downloaded uh, uh, an article from my, from my mentor's website on, in that vision that talked about savings. And the Lord spoke to me and says, you need to walk in this area of your life. I went to buy materials and studied. And if you want to talk about savings today, mm, it's a habit I've locked in. So if I didn't develop that, I might just be a nice preacher, a good preacher, right? And I'm not working in abundance and people are wondering what's going on. You see, you can serve God righteously and be poor if you don't have some good financial habits. What I'm teaching you in prosperity school is not a supernatural miracle that will just make you rich if you keep living your life the way you used to live. When that prophet came to Elisha and said, your servant who feared the Lord is dead and the children are in death. Elijah did not say you are lying. It means that the man really served God. But he died in death. You can be holy and poor. And you can also be holy and rich like Job. Why? On the earth realm, there are habits you need to cultivate. And most times as Christians, we don't cultivate this habit because we just feel God will keep pouring resources to us. You know, you know why we feel that way? Because naturally we give to people who have wrong financial habits but have a hold on us emotionally. Let me explain this. So you think that's how God works. So you have this girlfriend who you know does not keep money well, Right? Let me use that. That's where some of you are getting poor from. Then you give her money for something she doesn't spend well. Then you are not asking her, why did you spend it? Then she just gets angry. You call her, she does not pick. Send text, she does not. Then you will not apologize. It's okay, you know, in life. Yeah, I say, it's okay. It's just the way you are talking to me. As if I'm smart, I say, don't worry. Don't. Money is gone, though. no explanation. <laughs> then... The next week she repeats it. The next week she repeats But she has an emotional hang on you. Or you have this family member who doesn't, can't manage money well, but then they just guilt trip you. Ah, you are our father now now. Our father has died. You are, who, who, who can we go to? God has blessed you for it. is true. But don't try it again. And then you can't. So because you live that way, you also think God is that way. So God will bless you. You will waste it. Then you will come. I am that I am. Hey, Waymaker, miracle worker, the one who fetches water with basket, uh, water will not leak. And God is just looking at you, to what extent is all these names? Because you want God to supply again while you are not doing the right thing. That's why you realize that people who might not be serving God as righteous as you think you are, but have great habits are increasing in prosperity. While you are killing yourself with dry fasting and you are getting poorer, because even that fasting you are fasting, is making the little sense that should be there to deplete. So you've got no budget, you don't stick with budget, once you get to a shop, you lose it. <laughs> I remember 
early days of our marriage and who got married, you know, Pastor Mary said she needs to go to the market. So I said, oh, send, let me have your, your budget. Let me have your list. You know, and thank God she understood because I mean, some of you just say, what are you collecting list for? What are you using list for? Till tomorrow. If you want to go to the market, she will write a list. Till tomorrow. Uh, what are you doing with the list? That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. The abundant nature of God is not to fund your excess. It's not to fund your foolishness. God is wise. He will not cast precious things upon swine. Child of God, we need to sit our financial house in order if we're going to see prosperity and increase in the year to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This ministry has an active saving plan. Active saving plan. Active. <laughs> that nothing touches that savings plan. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. Let's look at the abundant nature of God. 1 Timothy 6, 17. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Go meditate on all the scriptures. There's enough. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. There's good in the land. Instruct those who are rich in this present world. So there's nothing wrong with riches. It says just instruct them, charge them. It says not to be conceited. I wrote, I wrote something on this. I think we dealt with it. We don't talk about money, eh? Or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches. That's why you need to learn this because riches can be uncertain. It says, but on God who does what? Everybody, let's read that together. What does God do? Richly. Everybody say richly. Richly supplies us with how many things? All things to enjoy. So God richly supplies us. God is not taking away from us. Luke chapter 6. It says, seek here first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is God going to do for us? He will add. Everybody say add. He will add these things to us. He's not subtracting from us. There's an abundant nature of God you must have in your mind. There's no scarcity with God. There's no scarcity with God. Alright. Let's do abundant nature of God. Exodus chapter 25. Exodus 25. <laughs> You know, this, this, this one is interesting. Uh, let, me read, re, let me read it because I need to get some verses for you. It's the whole chapter you should go read, but Exodus chapter 25. Put, just put verse 1 first and you can always pick up from there. I need to see a few verses, okay? Exodus 25. Let's just read from verse 1 quickly to verse 9. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the sons of Israel to raise a contribution for me from every man whose heart moves him, you shall raise my contribution. Listen to me. Even though God gave them the gold, he said, if you want to give to God, it must come from your heart. No offering in God's house must be forced. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even though God gave them the gold, every offering that's not willing is not received. Okay. This is the contribution which you have to raise from them. Gold, silver, and all that, and all that. Then, go to verse 10, please. There's something I want to go to. They shall construct an ark of um, acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, and one and a half cubits wide, and one and a half cubits high. You shall overlay it with pure gold. Inside and out you shall overlay it, and you shall make a gold molding around it. Verse 12, you shall cast four gold rings for it and everything. The tabernacle was very precise. God is very precise in his ways. But this is what I want you to pick in Exodus 25. Everything around the tabernacle was pure gold. It's the nature of God. It's the thought of God. How, what are you doing with pure gold in the wilderness? It's the abundant mindset of God. You know, for some of you, you don't mind the things of God being managed. Hmm? If it's God, ah, let's just manage it now. It's church now. 
church, but in your house. And you know it's not today people started thinking like that. That's what happened to Solomon. Solomon built the tabernacle. Then he spent 14 years building his own house. (laughs) The man spent 14 years building his own house. Hmm? When is the things of God you always want to manage? You feel God does not deserve the best. Because it says, make it gold. That's the way God thinks. In the wilderness, he gave them prosperity and there were no shopping malls in the wilderness. Here were these guys with gold. And you know what? Those who didn't give to building of the tabernacle, when it was time to build the golden calf, what happened? They had enough gold to build the golden calf. Can I tell you something? Your money will always serve a purpose. You choose what it will serve. He said, I'm not a giver. Everybody is a giver. You are giving to something in this life. You, everybody, you, if you don't use your money for God, you will use it for something. You know, I mean, please, no offense if you're wearing that kind of hair. But I don't know when they had all those Brazilian human hair and all those hair co- came out. And, you know, guys buying hair for like 100,000, 120,000. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. If you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, look away. I, I think there's a week for every, every economy, every level. It might not look like the real one, but... And if you can't also afford wig, that's why God actually made you to have your own hair the way it came, so that you don't have uh, stress. I mean, God will not be angry with you. That's why it's called artificial, because it's not part of it. But, you know, people walk into a shop and buy that for 100000 or 150000 thereabouts. You don't know how much it is now. But do you, can you just imagine if you stood up now and counted the 120,000 and come put in the offering box? You see your reaction. The first thing is, say, what are you believing God for, sir? Because it's not normal. Do you, do you understand? I just, want to, I just want you to see how we think when it comes to the things of God. Money always looks big when it comes to serving God's purpose, but not our life. Rather, if we spend big on ourselves, we feel like I deserve it. How many of you have just walked into a shop just for that? Ah, you have turkey, put it. You have goat meat, put it. You have fish, and it's my money. I deserve. You know, you just feel like chop until you now have constipation and realize you don't deserve constipation, right? But what I'm trying to say is, God thinks abundance. You should also think abundance. God didn't say let's just manage the wood. He says no, overlay it with gold. All right, Luke chapter five. Verse 4 to 5. We're just investigating the abundant nature of God. We're not trying to explain it. We're just seeing from Scripture that God has an abundant mindset. Luke chapter 5, verse 4 to 5. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out, the, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Verse 5. Come on, verse 5. Simon answered and said, Master, we walked hard all night and caught nothing, but I'll do as you say and let down your nets. Verse 6. When they are done this day and close, come on, somebody say a great quantity. Did you see that? A great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Can I tell you what happened there? Peter, I was not there, but I know what happened. Peter had fished all night, all his strong nets, because my granddad was a fisherman, so I can understand some of the things that happened there. All the strong nets, Peter had washed them ready to go. He wasn't ready. 
Because when you put your net, if you, if you stay along the river, when you cast your net, a lot of things follow the net, right? So you have to take it and wash it the next day to preserve it. I'm sure Peter put a net that was not very strong. When you get to heaven, ask him. Because the guy was like, we have worked hard all night, so bad there I was. Do you understand why you don't really want to do something? Because if this guy was carrying this kind of broken net to fish, <laughs> how was he expecting to make some money? No, this guy put a net, thousand, but look at how God just blessed him. God did not say, oh, you have worked all night. Okay, just take something you and your family can manage for today. God gave him great quantity of fish. His net couldn't even handle it. You, you know what? God really wants to prosper you. Can I ask you a question? Do you have a net to handle the blessings of God? Do you have a net? So let me, let me say this. Let me, let me put this here. When the Lord started opening the doors to the U.S. For, for us as a ministry to go preach in Europe, we realized that there was limitations. Our books were not on Amazon. We didn't have them on those platforms because we usually were walking around Africa. And before I was to undertake the first trip, set out some funds, created all of those, made those provisions available, and we made some very good sales in the trip I went to. That is a net. That's a net. If we didn't have that facility, our sales, our reach will be limited. And what will happen? It's like the fishes that God is bringing to us will break. Some of you don't have structures for increase. Your business account is your own account. Is your wife account. Is your house account. Is the family contribution account. How many of you have looked at your account and you are confused? How did 5,000 enter here? How did, and for the next six weeks is a mystery. There are many banks just have this is and it's like I mean I'm not saying I'm a perfect financial advisor, but just listen to me, please. Right? And sometimes I like using ourselves as an example because it's a life we live. I'm not preaching a sermon. This is how we live. In our home, we've got an account that's for to managing the home that my pastor manages. Eh? So whatever is in that account, she knows that is the Limits, the boundary, the whatever. That's for the home. We've got something for the kids' school. We've got a giving account. It's from there I give. By the time that giving account is empty, God will have to speak for things to move because that's what we've budgeted for that. Because givers must have a budget because takers do not have a budget. There's nobody who's taking from you, say, I've budgeted, I will take 5,000. They don't have a budget. <laughs> They will keep asking and keep asking and have discovered we are now in a generation of shameless asking. In those days, when you wanted to ask somebody for something, you felt, but today, they, as they are asking you, they will put account. How many of you have received? Don't raise your hand. They are looking at you. Eh? They will put account, then put like two, three accounts. Say, in case uh, I have paga, in case that one is not going to. You have not even decided you want to give. They are giving you all the available information necessary for your action. So you must decide, this is where I am stopping. If not, read the scriptures to you, right? Book of Ecclesiastes, it says, when riches increase, it says, he slips through the hands of the owner. What use will it be except for him to just see that he slipped through his hand? How does he slip through his hand? Expenses and all kinds of stuff, alright? So God is an abundant God. Alright, have a structure. When your salary comes, have a structure. There are things that you should not be asking money for. It, your wife is pregnant, that baby is going to stay in that womb for nine months. Even if the baby is premature, seven. You've got seven months to plan. Ah, sir, 
Hey, it just happened. No, 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 no. Pregnancy doesn't just happen. You had nine months to watch it. Your rent is one year. Hmm? I said your rent <laughs> is one year. What that means is after you have paid this rent, what should you start doing every month? Saving the next rent. How many of you know that it would avoid some prayer points? Your children will go to school. You pay school fees how many months? Every three months. What should you do? Walk towards it. You don't have to spend, you don't have to spend money in Christmas. There's no law that says that. There's no scripture that says that. It's only what God says that is eternal. And I'll teach you how to use money during holiday period as I prepare you for 2024. God says, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. It's a revelation I saw. I'm processing it. That means during Christmas, the only two words that we should be hearing is peace on earth and goodwill. Anything about stress, you should know. If chicken will bring stress, peace and goodwill. So I taught my children from day one. On Christmas, we eat what is available. We've eaten eggs on Christmas. We've eaten beans on Christmas. We've eaten yam on Christmas. We've eaten no food on Christmas. Why? Peace on earth and goodwill to women. Those two things, you don't need money for it. I'll explain that to you if, you if you keep coming to church. Are you hearing this? Don't live as if you are going to die tomorrow. You still have long life. The long life you are praying for, live like you are actually believing God will make you live long. If you take pressures, unnecessary pressures from your life, there is no way you will not work in wealth. If you take it from your... And that's why the identity of the believer must be rooted in Christ. Not in what you wear, not what you drive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Not where you live. It must be rooted. I know who I am in Christ and I'm blessed. And it should not just be a confession. It should be a lifestyle. All right. The abundance of God, Matthew 6, 28. Let's do three more scriptures. I'll, then I'll give you scriptures to write down to God and meditate. Then we'll pray because we're praying about finances. We're praying prosperity will come. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. Right? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toy, nor do they spin. Go to the next verse. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. Verse 30. But if God, look at how God thinks, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? You know what he said? He says, this grass will die, but God still invests in it. That's how God thinks. If you know that the grass will die tomorrow, would you, feed, would you clothe it well today? No, you would think it's waste. God says, no, I will bless it. That's how God thinks. The abundant nature of God. Psalm 50, verse 10 to 12. The Bible says the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. Just write the scriptures down. I want to give you scriptures. Please take time to meditate on these things, okay? Because I want us to pray. Take time to meditate on these things. Because I want to teach something else next Friday. Psalm 50, verse 10 to 12. The cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. Okay? For every beast of the forest is mine. The cattle on a thousand hills, they belong to God. That's how rich our God is. Haggai chapter 2, verse 8. It says, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, said the Lord. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine. Declares the Lord of hosts. God is, is abundant in possession and in nature. Psalm 24, verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. Look at this. The earth is the Lord. 
and all it contains. The world and those who dwell in it. The earth is the Lord's. Right? Scientists are discovering things in the moon right now. You know, some of you don't have interest in science. I know you don't have interest in science. But just go and read some things about the other planets. About the, the Mars and or Pluto and all. Just read, I mean, stuff that God just stored in there. Amazing when you take a look at the galaxies. Amazing when you take a, talk about the richness of the earth. The gas deposits of the earth. Look at how God had blessed us on this island with the rich resources that we have here. The oil wells. Blessed. Have an abundant mindset towards life. There is no lack. If every one of us in this room was a millionaire today, the world will not go down. There is enough in the world to meet everybody's needs. Praise the name of the Lord. Alright. Psalm 105 verse 37. We read that and then we're going to pray. Psalm 105 verse 37. And I'll start from here on Friday. Then he brought them out with silver and gold and among his tribes there was not one who stumbled or who was feeble. He brought them out from Egypt with silver and gold. What were slaves going to do with silver and gold? Because God thinks abundant. See? How do I want you to think? Please, let me just have First Chronicles 29, 12. How do I want you to think there's enough in this land? Stop thinking there is job scarcity. There are enough jobs to go around for us. Uh, it says, both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. And in your hand is power and might. And it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. The first line is what I want. It says, riches and honor comes from you child of God, we serve an abundant God. I said we serve an abundant God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Think abundance. There is, there is enough job in this earth for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There is enough resources. There are enough, there are enough contracts to go around. God can supply all your needs. Hallelujah. So you've got to renew your mind. Don't let people speak scarcity into your heart. Don't let people speak scarcity into your mindset. There is abundance. God is an abundant God. It's the abundant goodness and resources of God. God never created anyone on this earth to live in lack. Lack is man-made. And that's why there, we experience lack around our life. We want to check. Lord, where can I make that adjustment? Amen. Father, thank you. Lord, we will look back 10 years from today and break out in rejoicing because of what you have implanted in our hearts for today. In the name of Jesus, Father, every generation represented amongst our partners, amongst our church members, those who follow this ministry, Father, may they start a lineage of increase. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the scripture says, that Levite paid tight in the loins of Abraham. We pray that by this spiritual interaction, a deposit of wealth has been released to every family represented here. And beginning from you tonight, a new lineage of increase has been established by the Spirit of God. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. All right.
Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.